Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks everyone who listened to the last Sunday edition and the episode before that on... I can't believe I forget these things all the time. On Sarah's on my and avoidance. The avoidance episode was something I was, hilariously enough, avoiding doing. I don't know why, because I like procrastinating, I guess. But... This week, we're going to be talking about something kind of unique and kind of super interesting. And that thing is Batman Ninja. (laughs) Everyone's been calling me the most powerful man in Japan, the Demon King, Lord Joker. Where am I? Look of it, this is ancient Japan. Our master has ordered us to kill him on sight. The Joker. That's right, Bats. We're relieved you're with us, Master Bruce. They're all trying to take over this country and rewrite history. This is it. The Batmobile, the Batwing, the Batcycle. They've all been destroyed at the hands of the Joker. But I have my mind, my spirit. And all of you. When the country is in chaos, a foreign ninja wearing the mask of a bat will come and restore order to our land. Great Shinobi from across the sea of time, Lord Batman. Now, for those of you who have been around comic book shops since the ear- at least the early 2000s, you may remember a certain odd moment. And that odd moment coincided with the first, like, cool Japan trendy, like when anime was at its peak trendiness. Um, and... I'm going to talk about Marvel here to get to DC, but Marvel commissioned a bunch of artists to make manga-esque versions of all of their big things, and these things were really weird because they... Marvel has a really big problem when it comes to, like, the creative process, and I came to a... I'm actually currently making my way through the new X-Men, because the way the new X-Men was described to me is it is the X-Men was getting stale and like peop- and readers were clearly losing interest, so they hired an artist-writer who took it in a completely fucking new direction. And then, at some point, they got scared had a cr- and, as such, had a creative disagreement with that, with those art- with that artist-writer. And just said, no, we're good, thanks. And he, st- and and that run of X-Men stopped. That's not uncommon for comic books, especially with Marvel, because Marvel sees 
each individual superhero as, rightfully so, a brand that needs to be protected and guided very carefully. But the other thing about Marvel superheroes is that they are... They're superheroes in the truest sense of the word. They Yes, they have flaws, and yes, in the current Marvel movies, they like all quip, and they're all kind of slightly terrible people in their own way. And they're all... They all feel more whole, I would say, in the current age of Marvel than they ever did before. And, or they're like Wolverine, who's like just the embodiment of anger and pissed off, and sometimes he stops saying bubble long enough to like feel his own heartbeat. <laughs> but DC is a different thing. And because it's a different thing, it allows them to have different a different interaction with their properties. Because they're not protecting the core property, the core character, so aggressively that it can never change, and there can never be anything truly negative about those properties, you get things like um, Teen Titans, or you get things like the show Titans right now on DC, on DC Universe, where I actually watch Batman Ninja, and where I'm currently watching Titans. And the reason why I say that is because... At the, at the core idea of a Batman or a Superman, other, other characters too, like, they, like, like Adam or, or most of the other DC superheroes, are not these mystical beings first in the way that it feels like Captain America eventually is or Iron Man or the Hulk. They are humans, they, they are humans to some degree who became superheroes. They are like a human or human adjacent, in Superman's case, who became superheroes. And they have the flaws of what if a person had just stupid amounts of money and could be Batman. Like what would that cost, and, and the like emotional baggage and motivation required to become Batman what kind of adult would that look like? And because they ha they've been very open about the end point of what becoming Batman looks like, they have been capable of doing all kinds of weird-ass shit, especially with Batman. Especially with Batman. And Batman, I mean, Batman has had alternate universe things where it's like a steampunk thing, there's Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is intensely goofy and weird and featured Plastic Man, who, if you don't know who Plastic Man is, look up Plastic Man. And there, and then there's things like Batman Beyond, and Batman Beyond is its own whole very anime-inspired, very cyberpunk-esque, like... In Batman lore, basically... You can think of Batman the Animated Series, the 1995, like, stunning show that was actually animated largely in Japan, hilariously enough, um, as the, like, start point for Batman, <laughs> so to speak. And you can think of Batman Beyond as the end point for the universe, for, for like, the Batman, the full Batman arc. You, Batman Beyond 
is Bruce Wayne is too fucking old and he gets a heart attack every time he gets in his mech suit because he made himself a mech suit because of course he did. So, bunch of stuff happens and he basically takes a protege of a kid named Terry McGinnis who wears this badass cyberpunk Batman suit and like kicks ass as Batman in like the year like 29 million or something <laughs> and that and the reason why I'm saying when give when I'm giving you all this info is because there's such a range of what they can do with Batman only they've never done anything like Batman Ninja and I I wonder if they'll ever do anything like it well they did that cyber, they did that um steampunk, like, Batman 1920s or something. That was similar, actually. But I... I'm not sure that they do another Batman Ninja because I don't... I think... Batman Ninja on its face is everything I love about, about the possibility of an existing property being just, like, given to people. And another great way you can look at this is that Mario Plus Rabbits game, which is, I bought it when it came out and I played a ton of it. It is, an, it is they made Mario XCOM. They made that game into Mario XCOM and it is amazing. Mario has a cannon arm. It's incredible. And, but it's also nothing like the original Mario team would have ever conceived of. And the way that came about is Ubisoft was like worked on the concept on the side without telling them and then brought it to Nintendo and was like, we want to do this. Will you just let us do this? And Nintendo in a very rare move because Nintendo is, uh, if you're comparing it to the comic book, to the two comic book companies, Nintendo is usually more like um... Marvel than DC in that it protects its properties and its internal brands like gold. And in that, but in that moment, Nintendo was like, yeah, go for it. This is insanely fun. Do it. And Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle was like burst into the world. And everybody, when the first images leaked, they're like, this, this, this has to be bullshit, right? This is insane. What's happening? And then when Ubisoft and Nintendo were both like, no, it, it's real. It, this is a real thing that people, that we are making and putting out in the world. Everybody was also like, wait, what? And that's a little bit of what Batman Ninja feels like. Or at very least should feel like. But there's already a ton of like, Batman that's wrapped up in Japanese mythology and there's a entire run of Batman called like Japanese Batman that is very different because they got this artist who was not sure he could illustrate a comic book like Batman in the same style so it looks like wholly different it just looks entirely different not on purpose but just the way it looks and so there's, there's a huge, the huge incentive to make 
Batman saying that it's really j Japanese centric because it's got a long history in Japan as a property. But I don't. And they did the right thing by giving it to Japanese creators to like and saying and like casting a watchful eye on it and saying like, well, this needs to happen. But other than that, you can do this or you can't do this, but you can do this. And all told, it's a really... They gave them a lot of rope to hang themselves, so to speak. Although I don't think they hung themselves in the end. Like, I, th I think it's a... It, Batman Ninja is a really cool thing. I think... I also think it's insane. <laughs> and, like, insane in a way that I love, but insane. Because the movie... You should treat this less like a movie and more like an OVA, so to speak. Like, more like an additional Batman adventure that you can, like, watch as part of the pantheon of Batman adventure. Not like... This is not, a, like, Night of the Red Hood or um, whatever it's called. It is a Batman episode. <laughs> it's just what it is. And they open with who is apparently Gorilla Grog trying to create a time portal so he can transport them to a, a far back land where he can take over the world and then transport them back to the world and he is just in charge now. At least that's the stated plan, but Batman stops him by throwing a batarang at the thing. But the thing explodes and takes Gorilla Grog, Batman, the entire... Basically takes the entire cast of Batman back to ancient Japan. And... Like, that's not... That whole sequence I described is like... Maybe a minute maximum at the beginning of the movie. Like, you just, like, it opens up, you see this, like, and also, the entire, the entirety of this movie, with the exception of, like, the last ten seconds of, the, with the exception of the end credit, of the end credit scene, because they have one of those, because this is the world now, <laughs> is done in CGI. And you're generally okay with it. Like, it doesn't look great. They've got frame issues. But you're generally okay with it until you see the last ten seconds. And you're like, oh, fuck. This is what this movie could have looked like? God damn it. <laughs> and... So, you can't... Like, you're, like, assaulted by a lot of CGI just immediately because you shown what you're supposed to understand is Gotham City, and they label it, but you're supposed to understand it's Gotham City, and then all of a sudden you're out of Gotham City. And the next scene after that, like, time portal explosion, or implosion, rather, it's just the streets of ancient Japan, and Batman's there now, like, full-on, muscly motherfucker, armored to the hilt, fucking... Grappling guns and everything, Batman is there. 
And Batman, as, like, you recognize his, um, as you recognize his design, is there for most of, is, like, present for most of the movie. And, (laughs) except because, like, he's aware he's in ancient Japan, he meets, he meets Catwoman, Selina Kyle, and Selina Kyle's like, uh, we gotta get you out of here, boy. Like, you're fucking, fucking double, double gunned up on a Thursday afternoon. The sun is still shining. <laughs> we need to get you the fuck out of here. And so she gets him to a place to hide him. He, like, opens up his back computer and his helmet. And he explains to her what the fuck is going on. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll help you. This seems bad. This seems, this seems a level badder than normal. And, but before that, he's almost arrested by, I'm going to call them, like, Joker Shinshingumi, like, Joker Samurai troops. And he's just like, I think I know who's in charge of you, but who the fuck is in charge of you? And then he's got to leave, because he, like, doesn't feel like getting into a sword fight with ancient Japanese Samurai troops. And that's where you get to Selena Kyle. And then they have a scene where Selena Kyle and Batman are walking out of costume, and Batman, but are walking out of costume as Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. And what they decided to do with Bruce Wayne is like, the, your first tip that this movie is going to be fucking bizarre and goofy as shit is fucking full-on 2020 Batman just popping into just like a street in Kyoto. And everybody's like, what the fuck is that thing? (laughs) Hide your wife, hide your kids. But your second cue that this movie gives no shits is what they choose to make Bruce Wayne in this movie. They choose to make him like the Portuguese, uh, a Portuguese monk, which the time period fits, where, like, at some point, traders came over from Portugal, but also monk, Catholic monks came over from Portugal to Japan. Or they called it the Orient, because, you know, racism and all that. But, so they get the whole, like, monk's robes, and, of course, they're black, and he's, like, carrying, he's carrying, like, What's meant to be a Bible, but probably isn't. And then in, like, the monk's halo that they carve, like, the, like, monk's patch that they carve, they have shaved in the symbol of a bat. And it's just, it's... It's so goofy. It is laugh-out-loud goofy, this movie, many times. And then... The movie starts to go off the rails. The movie starts to be this... This what-if situation in the same way that Mario plus Rabbits was. But... Between... This plot that doesn't feel like it needs to happen the way it needs to happen. And this... And, like, their insistence on... They want the villain... the villain in this movie to be the Joker. 
but they didn't start with the villain being the Joker. So they need to get it there. And it's just... It's like, it was a little painful because it was very clear that the people making it were like, no, we're really into Gorilla Grog. We want, we want Gorilla Grog to be the badass here. And someone from DC was like, no, I don't think you really understand. Like, it need, he needs to fight the Joker. That is the fight. That is the Batman fight. We need that to happen, bro. And so there's, like, lots of crossing and double-crossing, like, to get to final fight with Joker at the end of the movie. And also, and... <laughs> I love this so much. I love this so much. Whoever, whoever was in charge of animating and posing Harley Quinn is having a fucking field day with this movie. Because, like... Joker will be saying, will be like saying his lines of being jokery and great, but like Harley Quinn is making straight up Agio faces in the background, like her eyes are like screwing up all the way into the inside of her skull, and she's like sticking her tongue out like, and like, and it's, it's every time she's on the screen, it's just like the. It's incredible. I, it is very much like a... <laughs> look, we know what we can sell toys of here. And the Joker looks cool. But we're going to sell some big titties Harley Quinns at some point in our lives. We can feel it in our bones. <laughs> so, I guess the biggest bonus of this is the like scale of imagination on display here is massive you get these you get really excellent designs for excellent like feudal japan designs for the joker for batman one of my favorite designs in the freaking thing is red hood red hood is fucking incredible because they make him so Have you ever seen Afro Samurai Resurrection? <laughs> you know in Afro Samurai Resurrection when he's wearing the tall um the like super tall straw mask with the slits in it and his hair's coming out the top and at some point it explodes and you see all of his hair like swing around and become the Afro of Afro Samurai. He, they use that hat with red hood, but it's this, like, blood red version of that, like, straw cylinder with the eye slits. And he walks around in, like, feudal Japanese rice paddy gear with two freaking Portuguese pistols in back pockets. And he, like, goes for people. It is very cool. Um, another standout design is Nightwing looks anime as fuck. I can't support that. It's it's bad. Robin is they fucked up Robin. God, they like they actually the two version Robin. The first version Robin is fine. It's just it's fine. It's passable. The like younger Robin is like has like a weird fucked up <laughs> like. Young Japanese 
boy in like 192 haircut and had the monkey buddy. We'll get to the monkey in a minute, I promise. But I, the, the real... And what really disappointed me, what really honestly disappointed me, is that they didn't do anything for Alfred. Everybody in this freaking show, in this freaking movie, gets a cool-ass redesign. Like, Selena Kyle gets her, like, you know, Japanese temptress, and then, like, a cool play on her, like, cat suit. Actually, I, her cat suit is just the same. She's actually the other one who get, who only gets a, who doesn't get a, like, main... Catwoman, the Catwoman design doesn't change, which, eh, which could have, which actually could have been significantly cooler than it was, but the, eventually they make this, like, cool, kitted out, fucking samurai version of Batman that is awesome, they make, like, they have Gorilla Grog in a really specific place, Joker is, like, this cross between, like, it, Joker is this, like, colonialist, but trying to be high-end Japanese shitbag look that is... It's a look, and it's amazing. Freaking Deathstroke. They just make Deathstroke like a Japanese warlord with some, with some honeys. Like, every time you see Deathstroke, there's just a fucking hooker on his chest. It's amazing. <laughs> Poison Ivy, they don't... Like, they make her, like, a samurai queen, but not really. Like, you don't see enough of her constantly. And then... And then there's Two-Face. Two-Face is cool as shit, because they, like, split his entire costume down in half, so he has, like, the samurai helm. But then, like, on one side, it's this, like, cool, sleek thing. On the other side, it just freaks the fuck out the same way his face does. And... Initially, when you see Gorilla Grog, it's just Gorilla Grog without the, um, without the headgear on. But then, when I show Gorilla Grog after he's, like, assumed his post, he is, like, hanging out in, like, one of those Japanese Imperial vests that's all open. He's got, like, the writhing sun crest just right tucked into his, like, fur on his head. And he's just, like, hanging out eating bananas. I, so, the... As an art experiment, as a, like, what would these characters look like as this, it is, this thing is second to none. But the problem is that that feels, that feels like what they wanted to accomplish with this, and then they're like, oh, fuck, we have to make a movie. Why didn't we just make an art book? Why didn't we just make an art book? <laughs> and, like I said, the 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 movie wants Gorilla Grog to be the bad guy. But DC, it felt like DC needed the Joker to be the bad guy. So they eliminate the Joker pretty, pretty soon in the thing. And also the other thing is, there's one other point where it dips into a totally different style... And that is when they introduced the Red Hood. Because it becomes very apparent to Batman was like, okay, the whole gang's here. Fuck. With the Red Hood. With the guy who what murders people. And this is after they, like, there's this big blinding explosion the Joker causes. 
and the Joker disappears. And they do this, like, Japanese folklore, very hand-animated, like, colored pencil, very artistic, very loose line animation, where you see that the Joker and Harley Quinn have lost their memories. And they're just, they are living as a Japanese father and her daughter and his daughter in the Japanese countryside, and they are trying to be rice farmers, and the Red Hood shows up to fucking murder them. And if you're like me, you're like, oh, they just, they just like, they just story-wise ended the Joker for the rest of time. <laughs> That's a ballsy move, movie. And you did it in, like, a spin-off movie with, like, cool, beautiful, artsy-colored crayon animation. Yes, please. And they... So they, they, at that point, story-wise, they've eliminated the Joker as a option. But, because, once again, the Joker is the fight every time, that turns out to be a ruse, a joke that the Joker told on himself and Batman at the same time with, like, hypnotism or some bullshit. It involves a flower. They try to make into a motif, and it just doesn't work, so they... Like, drop it the first chance they get. And he, like, swoops into Steel Gorilla Grog's, like, super mech. Because this thing gets to giant robot fucking feudal castles punching each other in the face. And... (laughs) The whole thing, the whole thing is... Like... This whole movie... Is like somebody somewhere wrote on a notepad Batman and Samurai armor. And somebody else thought was like, holy fuck, Batman and Samurai armor. And then it became like that um TikTok meme where some where enough people are just whispering something furiously enough that it needs to happen or someone will pop a gasket and die. And it, on one hand, I agree. Batman and samurai armor is very cool. On the other hand, this movie at one point has a feudal Japanese palace super mech fighting a collective of monkeys who have turned themselves into a giant pop figure version of a monkey. And then at some point, a collective of bats show up because the monkeys start dying, and they turn that monkey si- that monkey thing into a giant original version of Batman, like gray outfit, black boots, black cape, and they fight the super mech. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much all the time. It's insane, and I I don't. I don't know. Here's the thing. No one asked for Batman Ninja. No one. I guarantee you, no one. People probably thought, 
Batman and samurai armor because the world is a thing. But there was no one out there being like, Batman, Batman Ninja? Batman Ninja! Please give us Batman Ninja. And they did it anyway. So it was not like this was like an in-demand concept. It was... And, it, like, to that extent, it is not a successful telling of a story. It is not a great Batman episode. It is loose as shit. It's like, they they wanted to tell a story about Gorilla Grog, and they ended up telling a story about the Joker. <laughs> about Gorilla Grog, except, oops, it's the Joker now, because we oopsied. We wrote ourselves into a narrative hole, so we're going to write ourselves right the fuck out of it. Thank you. And, but the the fact remains that the visual experiment of making Batman Ninja is really successful. It is really cool. You can go watch this movie and be like, this is fucking cool. That's goofy as shit. But I love it, as I did. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not great, not, certainly not the greatest CGI animation in the world. It's certainly not the greatest Batman movie in the world. God knows that. But it's, it's, it's this cool thought experiment. It's a, it's a very expensive, very extensive what if. And I love when those get made because so often, creativity is, especially professional creativity, and this includes everything, including podcasts, anime, movies, manga, comic books, everything. So often, because creativity can so easily form products, you are encouraged to form a product out of creativity. And I think when... There is a mode for creativity when the creative idea of something is so good that even if the product it produces is bad, the idea of the thing is still amazing. And And I know Batman Ninja is one of those things. Because, just like, like I keep saying, the character designs... The, the setting, the, like, the, the options that have opened up for, like, fan comics and fan illustrations of Batman are amazing with this. And it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a creative exercise, this movie. But I, and I can't really... The best thing I could, the best thing I could say, the like most, the best comparison I can make off the top of my head, is a pre Your Name Makoto Shinkai movie like, um, let's say, Voices of a Distant Star, for example. That movie is stunningly depressing and very sad, and because of those things, it has no commercial att- potential. It not well, not none. But it has way less commercial potential than something like 
your name or um, weathering with you because it's not, it's, that's not what it's concerned about. It's an art piece about a thing. And that was also true of your name. And the, but the reason why Weathering With You kind of faltered is because Weathering With You is trying to repeat the magic of your name. It is trying to take... It, it is not doing the creative what-if. It is just trying to repeat the magic of the creative what-if that was just fine-tuned enough to be a huge commercial success. If that makes any sense. Batman Ninja is a creative what-if that is not trying to necessarily fine-tune itself to be like a functional film. <laughs> that sounds so bad. That sounds so bad. But it... Like I said, like I said really early on the podcast, if the whole movie looked like the last 10 seconds of the movie, this thing would be would fit so much better with the world with with itself because it would look more aesthetically pleasing and more just more beautiful but the CGI is so apparent and so rough and so over stylized that like In the same way that the best-looking part of Ghost in the Shell 2045 is the end sequence where you see the the um for, like you, you see the concept art for Matoko and all the other members of Section Nine. You you kind of want to see that in the um. In Batman Ninja, like you want to see something close to the concept art for Batman and his like full-on sa- for Samurai Batman and Feudal Lord Deathstroke and like Feudal Lord Joker and like Samurai Warrior Lord Deathstroke and like uh, Gorilla Grog as a character design in this is like very confusing to look at because it's so like math and matted and going everywhere that it just doesn't it doesn't jive especially since he's on screen a lot since he's he's the main antagonist despite what this movie wants you to believe (laughs) and I, I but the other thing I keep saying is the idea is so cool that you like it becomes this whisper that happens until it's made. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's someone somewhere in the production team of this that was all the way through with like Batman Ninja, Batman Ninja, Batman Ninja, Batman Ninja until the like thing the finished print was in front of them and they're like <sighs> and they look up and nod at them and like Batman Ninja <laughs> And I uh, it's just I love the ideas of this movie I love the potential of it I just want it to all fit together and I want it to be allowed to work the way it wanted to work and I think I think it would have gotten a little less off the rails at the end if 
they were allowed to do it the way they wanted to do it. I think I think maybe they wouldn't have gone full. What what's the what's like a collective of monkeys called? Hey Siri. What's a collective of monkeys called? Oh, she's not telling me. It would have been less a massive collective of monkeys turning into a giant monkey to punch a giant castle robot in the face. I... Uh, just... Just... It's just, it's just bananas. It's, this, this movie, you can, go, you can go watch on DC Universe, but... You can also rent it from wherever you rent move from wherever you can stream movies. I'm pretty sure at this point, um, but it is this movie gets Banana Foster's crazy in a way that like Batman never did. Like in a way that not even Batman movies did. Even the Bat even Batman Beyond Joker Returns is like Batman is fighting against a freaking Doomsday weapon satellite. But it is not this bonkers. It still all makes sense. And it still all pieces together. The, the thing about Batman Ninja. Is they don't offer. They don't offer many hints. Or many reasons. For the like. Bad guys causing stuff to happen. Other than. They made giant castle robots. Now they all go fight in the. Now they all go and fight in the valley. Think Gorilla Grog can control all of them. Put them all. Take them all in. Turn into a giant castle robot and conquer feudal Japan and the rest of the world. It's just—it's a big fun romp, but it because of how good Batman can be at its best. This as a thing in the Batman pantheon doesn't stack up. But the the one I keep saying. The cre the creativity on display here is enough is enough to get you to be like, okay, I need to see fucking Samurai Batman. And it um sorry, I just got a notification on my computer because I'm a crazy person. But it it's really interesting. So definitely go check it out. You can check that out on DC Universe or wherever movies are streamed, most likely. But until Sunday, when the Sunday edition will come out, I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe and whatever you're using to listen to me right now, and they come out twice a week, once Thursday night, usually late Thursday night, and once 10 a.m. on Sunday. And... I hope you subscribe and I hope you like it. But until Sunday, I've been Alex and I'll talk to you later.